So I wanted to start off today with just a very quick review, especially because we didn't do a summary yesterday because I ended with you doing a participatory thing instead of summarizing. So who can tell me what was the beginning stage? Shraddha, which means in English? Faith. Okay, give me some symptom of that. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Some other symptom of Shraddha, beginning faith? Making inquiries. Okay. Maybe there's a God. Next stage. Sadhu Sangha. And what two types of sadhus you're associating with? Hmm? Peers and seniors. People who are at your same level, people who are, who are above. And think about somebody who, they come to the temple sometimes, they do some service. They're not chanting 16 rounds, they're not necessarily following all the regs, not getting up early in the morning. But they like to hang out with the devotees. Okay, that's Sadhu Sangha. Next stage. Bhajana Kriya. Bhajana means worship, and Kriya means actions. You're doing the actions of worship, and you remember our, our plant? Do you remember our plant? Okay, and in Bhajana Kriya, the water was what? The nine processes, which are hearing, Chanting, remembering. And we have a systematic way of doing those nine processes. So if you're in Bhajana Kriya, what are you doing? What's somebody doing in Bhajana Kriya? Engaging in the nine processes. Engaging in the nine processes according to a standard process. So what kind of specific things would someone be doing in Bhajana Kriya? Deity worship. Deity worship? Mm-hmm. Which can also mean you're just coming and seeing the deity. And? Chanting. Sixteen men. What else? Foregs. What else? Coming to Mangalartik, what else? Going to hearing regular classes. Alright, and you're still doing Sadhu Sangha, it's not like, and you don't, you still have faith, you don't give up those things. Okay, and then there's two kinds of Vajna Kriya. What are the two kinds? Steady and unsteady. And when you're in the unsteady, what are you also doing? You're doing the, the next stage, which is? Anartha Nivriti. Anartha means what? Unwanted. Arta is something you want, unart, unart, You don't want to talk like that, so that's an unart. Alright, so, what are the symptoms of, symptoms of unsteady Bajna Kriya? Anyone remember the symptoms? False confidence. I'm a very advanced devotee. Next thing? Sporadic endeavor. Sometimes you're, yes, I'm here, Sir Krishna, and sometimes, Alright, what else? Indecision. Should I do this? Should I do this service? Should I go here? Should I go there? What else? Unwilling to give up bad things. And inability to give up bad things. Your your actions don't follow your intentions. I'm going to stop doing this and you keep doing it. And the next thing is inability to take up good things. I'm going to do this for Krishna. You do it for a day. And the last thing? You, You start trying to enjoy the material benefits that come from bhakti. Those are symptoms of unsteadiness. And what are the causes of unsteadiness? Okay, we talked at the bottom of the plant was our soil quality. So that represented the past sinful and pious activities. That's that's creating the symptoms of unsteadiness. Another thing creating the symptoms of unsteadiness, we had the weeds, right? which are the material things that come along with bhakti. And the other thing that causes unsteadiness were the bugs. And they're the uh, offenses. And all the offenses can be nullified by chanting. So then all you have to worry about is the offenses on chanting. 
And all those offenses can be dealt with by attention. Okay. So then if you chant with attention, you're going to come to what kind of Bhajana Kriya? Steady. And steady Bhajana Kriya is called? Nishta. Nishta literally means fixed. And the symptoms of being fixed are going to be fixed in the body, words, mind. Generally in that order. Always in that order? No. Depends on the individual. What about being fixed in qualities? If you're fixed in Vaishnava qualities, are you nishta? If you're not fixed in body, mind, words, and bhakti? No. Is it possible to be fixed in body, mind, words, and bhakti and not fixed in qualities? Yes. Well, you eventually get fixed in qualities. Yes. Nishta is also the platform of liberation. Are you, how are you controlling your mind then, though, spontaneously or by force? By force. Mind is still being controlled by force. You're doing it, but it's by force. So after doing that, the next stage is? Ruchi, which means you have a taste and two kinds of ruchi. One, when everything is done perfectly, or very nicely at least. So the deities are dressed very beautifully, the kirtan singer sings very nicely. And the other kind of ruchi is? Doesn't matter. The prasadam was burnt, but Krishna ate it. Okay, and in ruchi you have a taste for, what do you have a taste for? Service. Next stage. Asakti or attachment. Yes. Then you have a taste for Krishna. How is your mind being controlled then? By force or spontaneously? Spontaneously. Okay, so like right now, for most of us, any, some of us may be here on Prima, but or Shakti. But right now, if we're below the stage of Shakti, even at Nistin Ruchi, even at Nistin Ruchi, even at Nistin Ruchi, we are liberated. The mind will sometimes do what? Wander. And you think, how did I get there? Okay, the mind wanders to Maya. At a Shakti, the mind wanders to Krishna. And you think, how did I get there? <laughs> okay, next stage after Shakti is? Bhava. Bhava means emotion. At either Shakti or Bhava, what starts to manifest? Love. Love and your spiritual body. You start to become aware of your spiritual body. Because the mirror is clean. Now you can see yourself. You've gotten rid of the gunk with an Arjunariti. And the final stage is Prema, or love of God. Prema means love. And in love of God, self-concept is absent. And one gets to then meet the Lord and you experience the Lord how? Face to face and with all of your senses, right? You experience the Lord's, what do you experience the Lord's what? Beauty, form, his what else? Fragrance and touch, sound, the first sound and touch. And then, taste and then, everything. Right? Now, we're going to go through the same thing in a very different way. Okay? We're going to look at the same process through a very different lens. And we're going to deal with one way, not the way, (laughs) one way of understanding how to chant attentively and what attentive chanting means. And as I mentioned yesterday, there are other ways of explaining the process other than from Shraddha to Prima. You can talk about offensive chanting, clearing stage and pure chanting. You can talk about karma yoga, nishkam karma yoga, gyan yoga, dhani yoga, bhakti yoga. 
You can talk about devotional service performed when a person's in the mode of ignorance, when a person's in the mode of passion, when a person's in the mode of goodness, as Lokapulade does in pure goodness. There's more than one way of explaining the process of advancement. Okay. So just do keep that in mind. There are other ways to explain it. You can explain it as the Kanista Adhikari, the Majjama Adhikari, the Uttama Adhikari. And even that can be explained in several different ways. It's something like, if you're talking about how a person grows up, you can talk about the person's physical development. You can talk about the person's, what else? Mental development. You can talk about their emotional development. You can talk about their spiritual development. You can talk about their social development. Those are kind of different lenses, right? There's a person's mental development that always the same as physical development and social and emotional. They, they, they're, some, they're somewhat parallel, but they're not exactly parallel. We talk about a person maturing in body and mind. There's different ways of explaining it. So when we talk about spiritual maturation, you can also explain it differently. Right? That okay with everybody? And I, I don't have time... Uh, and I haven't gotten into it in enough detail to really answer you in enough detail, if you said, well, what's exactly, how do they all correlate together? To some extent, they don't because you're looking at different systems. Okay, with me? If you look at the sheet you'll have, uh, the first thing I'd like you to just notice very briefly is the, the different stages. It says, chanting on this level can bring one to the stage. And you see it says, anarthanavritti, nishta, ruchi, anasakti, and bhava. Do you see that? So that's, I'm not going to discuss that that much, but that is the correlation between what we discussed yesterday and what we're discussing today. The, the last part of my introduction here is that this is not my seminar. This is Bhaktivedanta Swami's seminar, which he gave in Radhadesh, Belgium, over a period of five days last summer for about an hour and a half, two hours each session. And I took kind of the core of it and condensed it into about an hour. So, as far as I'm concerned, this is one of the best seminars I give, and I can say that because I'm not giving it. He's giving it, and I'm trying to be here kind of as his representative. If you would like to hear the whole seminar of his, which I strongly recommend, if you go onto iscon.com and go under education and then audio, you'll find all of the five seminars that he gave. Iscon, I-S-K-C-O-N.com, education, audio. And you'll find these five seminars. You can uh, either just streaming. You, you all understand this stuff, right? Bhakti Vigyan Swami. Bhakti Vigyan Swami. Uh, a very interesting devotee. Before joining the Hare Krishna movement, he had his PhD in biochemistry. And he was one of the fairly early devotees in the Soviet Union. One of the main people involved in, you know, creating Prabhupada's books on copy machines and binding them by hand, sewing them together and trying to run away from the KGB and things like that. And he's one of the main people involved with building the temple in Moscow. Now, a very wonderful devotee. If you, if you get the opportunity to hear his classes, and he's also a, a very incredible Shastra and Sanskrit scholar. And just and a very humble and accessible person as well. So if you get the opportunity to hear from him, take it. It will be worth your time. All right, what we're going to go over, I'm going to give you a little overview of what I'm going to talk about, is first, this is a process of reversing creation. We're going to look now at spiritual advancement in terms of reversing creation. Okay. 
And don't worry, you're all going to get to go rafting. <laughs> don't worry. Even if I go a couple minutes over, you'll all get to go rafting. This is about reversing creation. So first we're going to look very, very briefly, super briefly, at one explanation of how this whole creation on a cosmic scale is manifested. This is a very brief description. There's far more extensive descriptions in the Bhagavatam. Then we're going to compare the creation as a whole to how we as individuals created this material body or accepted this material body, how we became entangled. We're going to parallel our individual entanglement with the creation of the cosmos. Then, we're going to reverse the process. We're going to go through how do we reverse the process and go back to our spiritual nature. And then we're going to very, very briefly discuss some difficulties in that reversal process. Uh, and we're also going to do some practice and then I'll summarize. So this is from Srimad Bhagavatam 326.32. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Three twenty six thirty two. When egoism and ignorance is agitated by the sex energy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the subtle element sound is manifested, and from sound come the ethereal sky and the sense of hearing. I'm just going to read a few sections of the purport. It is stated in the Vedanta Sutra that sound is the origin of all objects of material possession. And that by sound one can also dissolve this material existence. I'm going to read that again because this one sentence is the essence of this whole seminar. It is stated in the Vedanta Sutra that sound is the origin of all objects of material possession and that by sound one can also dissolve this material existence. Anavritti shabdat means liberation by sound. The entire material manifestation began from sound, and sound can also end material entanglement if it has a particular potency. The particular sound capable of doing this is the transcendental vibration, Hare Krishna. Our entanglement in material affairs has begun from material sound. Now we must purify that sound in spiritual understanding. Okay, how did that happen? From sound, the ether became manifested. From that, the air became manifested from ether. So if you know the... Does anyone know the whole progression? First there's sound, from then it's ether. Ether is equivalent in modern science to space. Then from ether comes touch. From touch comes air. Air is equivalent in modern science to gases. From air comes form. From form comes fire, which is what transforms one thing to another. 
From fire comes taste, from taste comes water, which is equivalent in modern science to liquid. From water comes smell, from smell comes earth, which is equivalent in modern science to solid. So you'll sound, ether, you don't have to remember all this, just get the general idea. From sound, ether, touch, air, form, fire, taste, water, smell, earth. In one sense, everything therefore is sound. Do we know even according to modern science that even solid objects are actually moving? That the atoms are all moving? There's vibration. Okay, now we're going to look at the 11th canto. In the 11th canto of the Bhagavatam, Krishna gave to Uddhava very similar instructions as what he gave to Arjuna. He's explaining all different systems of yoga and all different processes and rituals and religious systems. And then at one point Uddhava says, Hi dear Lord, I'm a little confused. Can you just give me one simple thing to do? So Krishna answers this question by saying this particular verse, which doesn't seem at first to be answering the questions at all. He says, Yatanala kenila bandushma balena darunya dimachamana Anu prajato havisa samedate tattaivame vyaktiriyam vivani. When sticks of kindling wood are vigorously rubbed together, heat is produced by contact with air and a spark of fire appears. Once the fire is kindled, ghee is added and the fire blazes. Similarly, I become manifested in the sound vibration of the Vedas. Does that sound like a very clear instruction of what you're supposed to do? What? So now, after that little indication from Shastra. The way that this material cosmos is created is that the Supreme Lord in the form of prana, or life air, entered with nada, or with the spiritual speech, into the muladhara chakra of Lord Brahma. The muladhara chakra is the base chakra. Uh, and you can see on the little picture of the yogi there, it's the bottom chakra, it's at the perineum. And from there, it went to the manipur chakra, the manipur chakra is under the navel, the name here may be a little mistaken. I have to check with my yogi friend. And from there to the Shudisat, the chakra, which is the root of the top of the mouth, as what's called Majjhimavak, and then out through the mouth of Lord Brahma. So the Lord entered in through the root of Lord Brahma's body, then up through the navel, then up to the root of the mouth, and then out of the mouth. And this sound that came out of the mouth was the Vedic sound. And as Lord Brahma spoke the Vedic sounds, all the material objects came into existence. That the sounds he spoke were the objects. They weren't indicative of the objects, they were the objects. And as it says, in the, for those of you who are really interested in Shastric references, in the Vishnu Purana 1564, it says, with these sounds, Brahma then creates the cosmos by reciting the words of the Vedas in the beginning he created the names and forms of the material elements, the rituals, the devas, and all other living entities. 
That's an overview of cosmic creation through sound. If you don't remember all of that, that's okay. But just get the idea that from sound everything came, that comes up through the base chakra, up through the chakras, out through the mouth as growth sound that then manifests growth objects. Can you pretty much follow that? This is the complex stuff. I'm trying to make it as digestible as possible. All right, now, let's take us. We're also like little Brahmas. Brahma looks around and creates the universe under the direction of Krishna, empowered by Krishna. And we also create our little universe, our room or our flat or our home. And we buy our furniture and we put the pictures on the walls and we, you know, and we look around and we say, I can be happy. But we're here creating our little universes. So how do we do this? How does this start? If you look at the left side of the board, at the top is the soul in the spiritual world who has a cry, a sound. I want to be the enjoyer. Now we as a soul are very powerful. The sound is very powerful. With that sound comes the ability to manifest it. That is called para-vak. Vak means sound. Para means transcendental, above. It is spiritual sound. Para-vak. But enjoyer is a vague thing. So as soon as the soul cries, I want to be the enjoyer. Who's the enjoyer? Fish. So then the soul gets covered. The next thing here. Could you point to that next thing yet? Next. Yes, thank you. That's the turn. That's that. Thank you. The next thing there is. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I just don't have the proper equipment. Is uh, gets covered by intelligence, and intelligence gives a direction to I want to be the enjoyer. I want to be the enjoyer like this. Like, I want to be an enjoyer by being a doctor. I want to be an enjoyer by being a mother. I want to be an enjoyer by being an engineer, whatever it is. Give some specific direction. And that intelligence also has a voice. It's called pasyantivak. Maybe you know what the word pasyanti means? To see. Who here has ever done any kind of strategic planning in an organization? Anybody else? Nobody else. I don't have any, like, MBAs here anymore. So what what's the first thing you do in an organization? First thing you have to have in an organization. Before you have a structure. A vision. You can build a structure without a vision. You know? First thing you have to have is a what? Vision. The word pasanti means to see. You have a vision. You have a goal. What do I want to achieve? Okay. This is also considered the energy of desire. This is on your sheet. A lot of the stuff is on your sheet. You don't have to write it all down. This is the energy of desire. The energy of the soul is spiritual energy of prema, which then gets perverted into this. And this energy of the intelligence is ichavak. Ichavak means shakti. Icha means desire. What do you want? What are you envisioning at the end of your road? Alright, then that gets covered by, can you point to the next one? Yes, thank you. That gets covered by the mind. Mind, mind also has a voice. 
which we hear all the time, going in your head. That's called majumavak. Majum means middle. And so you see that there's a different covering of mind. These are specific thoughts and plans. Okay, I have my vision. So after you do vision in an organization, what do you do next? Mission statement. I, I'm really not trying to teach you org theory, but you know, <laughs> you'll be prepared when you take it later on. So after your vision statement, you have your mission statement. Mission statement is a little bit more concrete what you want to do. And after your mission statement, then what do you have? Hmm? Core competency. Well, we really have business. I knew we had some business people here. Okay, great. You're getting a little bit more detail than, than I would like to go to, but that's good. You have goals and objectives. You start with specific goals and objectives. Things and the goals are kind of bigger and then the objectives are very measurable. You know, you have a goal, we want to increase the number of people in Pandavasena, and then your objective is we want to have an additional ten percent by this date. That's an objective. Okay. Are you following that? Does Pandavasena have a vision? Is there a vision for Pandavasena? If there isn't, you should work with some of these people and do some strategic seriously, do some good strategic plans. You have a vision, you have a mission, then you have your goals and objectives. So on Pasyantivak, you have your vision, where you want to go. And on the level of Majimavak, on the mind, you're doing go- specific goals and objectives within that vision. Like you have a vision, I want to be a... Any, who's here in the, uni- in the university right now? Okay. What do you want to be when you grow up? What's your goal? You don't know. No vision. It's hard to make goals and objectives and have a vision. Someone who's in university and has some goal. Yes? Uh, architect. Okay. So that's your vision. That's your pasyantivak. Okay? Being an architect. Is that kind of vague? Being an architect will vague. If I just say I want to be an architect, that's not that specific, right? So do you have some specific then goals and objectives on the way to being an architect? The whole seven years. Okay, that's also big. Do you have a little smaller one? Um, it's, it's split up into three parts. Yeah. Okay, so each part has a, has a goal? Yeah. Do you have certain classes that you're going to take? Do you have certain classes you're not going to take? Um, you do have an option, though. But I mean, there's certain kind of classes that just aren't in your program, right? Yeah. You probably don't have to study Chinese. Yeah. Okay. So that you can reject the Chinese class. And there's certain classes you have to take. Yeah. For each class, do you set your own personal goals and objectives? Yeah. Do you say, well, I want to achieve this kind of mark in this yeah. class. I want to do a paper on this level of quality. Yeah. And the teacher also sets goals and objectives. Okay. Is that clear to everybody, what I'm talking about? We, we have a vision. This is where I'm going. And then in order to get there, we have, you know, big goals. Okay, I'm going to do a seven-year program. And then you have, you have some sort of goals as what you want to do once you become an architect also. So that's on the level of Majimavak. And do you think about those sort of things? So the, there you go. Okay. So the mind is talking. And the mind is going, okay, I gotta write this paper and this is, and you, and you understand how that fits into your general plan of your vision. Right? Yeah. Okay. Does everybody understand that? Now we come, if you could, my human pointer there. Thank you. To the body. Now we come to the body. This stuff starts manifesting as actions. You just talk. You just think, rather. You start talking. You start doing things. So this is vikarivyak, or speech. 
which represents Kriya Shakti, or actions. You actually go to the classes, you actually write the papers, you actually take the exams, you read the books, skim them perhaps. You do something. So that's Vaikarivya. And then, if we're doing things for our own personal desires, we become entangled in karma. And that way, we create our own little cosmos. It starts out with Paravak, I want to be the enjoyer. Then Pasyantivak, I get a vision of how I want to enjoy. Then Majimavak, okay, I've got to do this, and I don't want to do this, and I have to do this, and I have to do this this way. And, I do this. and then Vaikarivyak, okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to, right, in an organization too, isn't it like that? You have your vision, you have your vision, you have your goals and objectives, and you talk about it. You sit around and you have a meeting. Well, let's do this, let's do this, and then everybody goes out and do it. And does it. And if you really want to make people do it, if you really want to make people do things, you yell at them. <laughs> you have a lot of bicarbonate. That's how things get done. Isn't it? Right? Okay, that's how we become entangled. Have any of you uh, been in a car that had a, a satellite directional system? Who's been in a car that has a satellite directional system? Oh, good. It's nice being on young people. I'm talking about those old people. I don't know what I'm talking about. My father had a car like this. I don't know. Did I ever talk about Rosie before with you guys? No? So my father had this car with this satellite. Move this way so I don't have to go like this to see everybody. I mean, unless you don't want me to see you, then you can hide behind the black But my father had this car with this satellite control directional system. So you just punch in where you want to go. You punch in the address. And it, you could choose a male or female voice. And they chose a female voice. And they called it Rosie. And so she would give out this list of instructions. And then as you're driving, as you're driving, the thing says, prepare to turn right. Get ready to turn right soon. Turn right now. You are approaching your destination. Slow down. Seriously. Seriously. And if you choose to ignore Rosie's device, Rosie's device, then she recalibrates the directions from wherever you happen to be. Let's say, you missed the turn. <laughs> Recalibrating now. So then you get to your destination, and then when you're finished, you decide to go home. And you usually already have home programmed into your device. And then you can often just even with a verbal command, you say, Rosie, home. <laughs> And then she gives you the reverse direction. So for you who haven't seen a satellite system like that, how many of you have used a map generating program on the Internet? Okay. So you know that there's always an option for reverse directions, right? You calculate, do this, do this, and then you press this button, reverse directions, it tells you the opposite way. All right. So we're here at our destination. We have this material body that's entangled us in karma. We said, I want to be the enjoyer. We got a vision of enjoyment. We got the different things. I'm going to enjoy this way. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. And then we got the talking about material enjoyment. And we're doing the activities of material enjoyment. Okay. Now you ready to go home? Ready? Okay. Reverse direction. 
So now we're going to start with where we ended up. We ended up with the body, right? And by Kari Diak, external, mundane speech. We're going to start with where we are. We're going to start with the body. This is all on your sheet. We're going to start with Vaikari Vyant. Creative energy, Kriya Shakti. Gross sound. It's called gross sound. And what are we going to do with this gross sound? Instead of saying, I want to do this, I want to do this, I want to draw this, we're going to start saying what? What are we going to say with the gross sound? I want to serve you. How do we say I want to serve you? You chant Hare Krishna. Okay. I'd like all of you right now, we're just going to chant one mantra together. Just chant it with your mouth. I'd like you to intentionally think about something else. Don't chant with your mind. Don't chant with, just chant with your mouth. Let's chant one mantra together. Just mouth. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Okay. That's step one. That's chanting by Kari Okay. Another name for that is offensive chant. But that's how we start. We start with offensive chant. Just about everybody starts with offensive chant. Have you ever heard somebody say, well, you can just give lip service to something? You don't really believe in it? You just Who here is read Macbeth? Oh, it's educated buddy. <laughs> so if you paid attention in your classes and weren't just sleeping, you might remember, might, might remember that at the very end, okay, when the when the woods, remember he had this benediction, he wouldn't be killed by any man born or woman, kind of like a Rannikashipu, right? And he wouldn't be killed until <laughs> the woods started moving. And so the woods start moving because the soldiers on the opposite party were camouflaging themselves with trees. And they're marching towards his castle and the, one of his captains comes up and says, Macbeth, Macbeth, the woods are moving. And he's like, uh-oh, what happened to my benediction? And then he's calling his soldiers. And because he's gotten there by murder, many murders, uh, he doesn't have really faithful soldiers. And he says at that time that all of my soldiers just give me mouth loyalty. They're not really loyal to me. They just have mouth loyalty. I can't really count on them. So chanting at this level of Vaikari Bhak is the beginning, but it's just mouth loyalty. We're not really saying, Krishna, I want to serve you. We're saying it, but it's not terribly meaningful. When we start with Vaikari Bhak, though, we're starting to get to the level of Anartha Nivriti. This is normal waking state of consciousness. If you go down on your column for gross sound, this is again the energy of action. Maya smaranam. Smaranam means to remember. So we're thinking about illusion. We're remembering illusion, which someone is very nicely demonstrating at the back of the room. This is on the level of the gross body. Again, it's done with the mouth. If you want to compare it to the yoga ladder, it's on the level of karma yoga. Yoga. Yes, I was talking about you. And it's on the level of earth. Okay, boo. And the part of om is a. Uh. And I'm not going to get into that in detail. If you want to get into that in detail, listen to Bhaktivedanta Swami's lectures where he gets into some stuff in detail. All right. Now, Rosie is telling us to make a turn. Okay. So now we're going to come to the next level. Actually, before we do that, I'm going to go back a little bit. Remember that verse from the 11th canto where Krishna talked about how he's present in sound? And he also talked about... Do you remember what he talked about? Oh, thank you! Fantastic. Is there a bug? Big spider. And you didn't even scream. 
pick out. <laughs> okay, everybody watch her taking this one. Are they going to do, oh no, did you lose it? Almost. Alright, so on this level of vikarivyak, of gross energy, you're also engaging in sacrifice. Remember Krishna was talking about rubbing the wood together? Remember that? If you don't remember that, I'll read it again. When Uddhava asked him, what should I do? He said, when sticks of kindling wood are vigorously rubbed together, heat is produced by contact with air and a spark of fire appears. Once the fire is kindled, ghee is added and the fire blazes. Similarly, I become manifest in the sound vibration of the Vedas. So when you're chanting just with the mouth at that stage of devotional service, you're at what stage? You're, that means you're like at Adushrata, Sadhusanga, Unsteady Bhajana Kriya. Are you all with me on that? Am I getting got about 80%? Okay, so on that level, what kind of things, if you're in Bhajana Kriya, you're associating with sadhus, the saintly persons are having you do what? Service. They're having you do acts of sacrifice. So that's like a sacrificial fire. You're working hard. What are the brahmacharis supposed to do? Anybody remember? They're supposed to carry wood for the sacrifice. Traditional brahmacharis carried wood for the sacrifice. So you're taking this wood, the sacrificial wood, and you're rubbing, 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 rubbing. And you're sweating, you're sweating, you're sweating. What kind of sacrifices are we doing in the Hare Krishna movement? Sankirtana. This is our sacrifice. And we also do things like we scrub the pots, we clean out the drains in the shower. So sacrifice. You're sweating. It's hard work. You're working on the platform of the body. And you're rubbing 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 and rubbing with it. Alright, now we'll go to the next step. Sorry, I forgot. So now we go to the next step. We can now make a turn. Going backwards with our reverse directions. Now we're going to go to the level of the mind. Majjimavak. Right, so I'd like us all to make an experiment. There's, if you can see it, the Hare Krishna mantra is above the door over there. We're going to chant one mantra together. As we chant, I want you to be reading the mantra. So you're saying the mantra both with your mouth and with your mind simultaneously. Do it for the entire mantra. If your mind starts warning, immediately pull it back. Get your mind to say the whole mantra with your mouth. Let's go. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. All right. You'll notice that if you could do that all of the time, you'd be on what level? Nishta. You chant like that, you'd be at the level of Nishta. You therefore would must be chanting how? Attentively. So at this level, you're still rubbing that wood, but what happens after you keep rubbing the wood? A spark. At this level of Majjimavak, there's now a spark. Remember the level of Nishta is a level of liberation. What are you starting to see? You've gotten the Anarjan of Ritis. You've therefore taken off the grime from your mirror. What are you going to start to see? Yourself. You're starting to see this other little spark. Little spark. Okay, now what happens when you're chanting on the level of Majjimavak? I was speaking yesterday of how when one chants with attention that there's enlightenment, Krishna reveals himself and you and material desires and maya. There's another way of understanding it. 
And that is that when you're chanting on the level of Majjhimavak, that starts changing your desires. Starts reawakening spiritual desires. Remember, desires, it's a shakti, is on the level, this level of mind is jnana shakti, knowledge. Remember I was saying that you get this enlightenment, jnana dipena bhashvata, the light of knowledge. As you're chanting also with the mind, I was talking about how Krishna like, lights up everything, you can see everything, you get real knowledge. I don't mean knowledge of, you know, how to put oxygen and hydrogen together, how to fix a carburetor, or how to spell color in Britain and America. You know, I don't mean that kind of knowledge or, you know, what everybody's doing in Iraq. I mean, that's still up to a point. But that's not the kind of knowledge I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritual knowledge. So chanting on the level of Majjumavak will awaken knowledge. And it will also start to wake up desire, itcha shakti. Right? So now we're going to make the next turn to intelligence. Now on the level of intelligence, that's a level of desire. That's a level of what? Vision. Pasanti means to see. Those of you who can see the deity or those of you who can see a picture on the wall, take a look right now at, the, at any picture that you can see. Any picture of Krishna that you can see. Okay. Uh, if you prefer, if there is some particular picture of Krishna that you really like that you can think of in your mind, you can also do that. <coughs> or if there's some particular pastime you like, some picture of Krishna, get a mental image either of the deity, of a painting in this room, or if you if you prefer, some picture that you really like that you're able to bring a mental image of. Okay? Get that very clear in your mind. Hold that in your mind. Hold that picture in your mind. If you like, you can go through it. You can look at like Krishna's lotus feet, and up to his knees, up to his thighs. While you're holding that in your mind, keep it in your mind. And look at the Maha Mantra. So your mind is also saying the mantra with the picture clear in your mind and saying the mantra in your mind. Chant with your mouth. All three. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. That's chanting on the level of Pasyantiva. There's a number of places where Srila Prabhupada says, you are seeing the deity. Why can't you not think of the deity while chanting? You meditate on the lotus feet and the knees and the thighs and the navels and the chest. There's one wonderful lecture in Geneva, Switzerland, where Prabhupada says, chanting Hare Krishna means you make a diamond throne in your heart. You see Krishna on it, and there you bathe him with Ganga and Jamuna water, and you dress him in very nice ornaments. Now, I know there's other times when people will say to Prabhupada, what should we do with our mind with chanting? He said, just chant here. Forget about the mind. Those people must have been functioning on what level? By Karizak. So we know that Prabhupada, when he gave personal instructions, sometimes he knew that it just there was no question of asking somebody to chant on the Majjhimavak or Pasantibak platform. Just chant. He knew that if, if you keep chanting by Karizak, you will come naturally to this other platform. But in, in general instructions and in lectures and in purports, he talks about chanting on the level of Pasyantivak. Having that vision. And one can see the form of the Lord. And you notice, as you go, also as you go down the list, remember on gross sound it was Maya Smarnam, you're thinking about illusion? On mental sound, Nam Smarnam, you're thinking about the name. 
Now, not only does that mean you'll think about the name while you're chanting, but if when you're chanting, your mind is also chanting, then during the day, you'll remember the name. While you're at work, while you're meeting with clients in the restaurant and in the pub even, if that's what you have to do, your mind will be going, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, I know one devotee who says every morning when he wakes up, he thinks he's a, a kirtan leader, one of the famous kirtan leaders in our movement. He says he thinks about a particular tune of the mantra, and then he finds that he can be singing that tune all day in his mind. But you can only do that if when you're chanting, you're chanting with the mind. On the level of chanting with the intelligence, if you look, what does it say? Rupa and guna smarana. One is remembering the form and the qualities of the Lord. So that is both while one is chanting, and that is also during the day. That's on your chart. Right, so that means one is chanting, one is, the mind is also chanting the name, and with the intelligence one is seeing the Lord, and one may be meditating on doing service for the Lord. How many of you know that story from Nectar Devotion of that Brahmin who was meditating and offering sweet rice and burned his finger? How many people do you know? How many of you know that story? Okay. So, that kind of meditation. I don't have time to get into it. But that kind, meditating on doing some service for Krishna. Specifically for Krishna. You want to be meditating on Krishna's form. You can be meditating on doing some service for Krishna while your mind is hearing the name and while your mouth is chanting the name. If you're not yet at the platform of a sakti, will your mind and intelligence sometimes wander? Yes. By definition. Should you get discouraged? No. What are you going to do? You're going to... Pull it back. If you consistently pull it back, that means that you will be operating on the stage of nishta. If you allow, intentionally allow your mind and intelligence to wander, you will be still working on that anarchism. If you want to get very quickly to the stage of nishta, you want to chant with your mind and your intelligence and constantly pull them back. They're not automatically going to be there until the sun. That's okay. It doesn't mean you should give up. Expect it's going to be a bit of a struggle with determination. Expect that. Have some courage. Okay? Let's not be wishy-washy. But it's got to be easy handed to us on the silver platter in five minutes. If you do this, Krishna will reciprocate with you. How he does that is his... Right, so now what starts happening with our wood when one's chanting on the level of Pasyantivak? Let's, let's read this verse again. When sticks of kindling wood are vigorously rubbed together, heat is produced by contact with air and a spark of fire appears. So that spark is when we're chanting on this level of the mind, Majjimavak. Once the fire is kindled, which is Majjimavak, D is added and the fire Blazes. So chanting on Pasyanti Vak is like you're adding ghee into this fire of sacrifice. Then the fire blazes. Okay? That's chanting on the level of Paravak. That's chanting on the level of the soul. And that we cannot practice. That's not something I can have us demonstrate. At the level of chanting on the soul, what are you remembering? Vila smadanam. Then one is absorbed in remembering Krishna's pastimes, 
and one is absorbed themselves in those pastimes. One is then participating in those pastimes. And gradually, that remembrance comes to the eightfold pastime. And then what happens to the material body and mind? This is from Bhagavatam 4.22.26. Upon becoming fixed in his attachment, you hear those words, fixed? Attachment fixed corresponds to nishta. Attachment to sakti. Upon becoming fixed in his attachment to the Supreme Personality of Godhead by the grace of the spiritual master. Remember we have the sunlight? You need mercy to do this. It's not, it's not just a question of being like smart and determined. By the grace of the spiritual master and by awakening knowledge and detachment. Where does that awakening of knowledge happen? Where's the spark? At Majumavak. Majumavak, you get that spark of knowledge. The living entity situated within the heart, as you just said, of the body and covered by the five elements, burns up his material surroundings exactly as fire arising from wood burns the wood itself. Exactly as fire arising from wood burns the wood itself. Okay, everybody stand up, stretch, and then sit back down. Um, those of you in the back, open the windows. <laughs> no, I was from feedback I got yesterday. <laughs> Okay. Okay, you can sit back down. Someone just asked me the difference between mind and intelligence. Can someone explain that, please? By analogy. On an organizational level, intelligence is the level of? If you, what, what was intelligence equivalent to? Don't give me a new analogy. Let's take the analogies we already have. And the level of intelligence in an organization is equal to the? Vision. And mind in an organization is equal to the goals and objectives. Is that clear? The function of the intelligence is to get your overall vision. The function of the mind is accepting and rejecting, planning your specific goals and objectives. Is that clear? Yes. Is there a difference between saying, I want to be an architect, and saying, okay, that means I have to take this and this and this course, and I have to study hard for this paper, and I have to finish this paper, and I don't want to do this? Yes. Suppose on the level of thinking, just at different levels. Intelligence isn't thinking. Pacienti. What did I ask you to do when I asked you to chant on the level of pacienti? I asked you to get an inner what? Picture. Now, we do also sometimes think in pictures. I asked you to get something you see. Why do they call it in org theory a vision statement? Isn't that what it's called? What's the vision for our organization? It's, it's your, your overall goal. The intelligence sets an overall goal. The mind is not capable of setting overall goals. Cannot do that. 
The mind can make decisions of accepting and rejecting in terms of the overall goal. And then the body executes it. So the soul is coming out with a general desire. The intelligence is refining that desire. You know, general desire may be, I, I want to have a nice occupation where I can make some money. The intelligence refines that. I'm going to do that as an architect. Gets a particular vision. Then the mind is, that means I'm going to take this course. I'm not going to take this course. I'm going to write this paper. I'm going to skimp on this paper because this professor never reads them anyway. You know, and it, so it makes these decisions. Is that clear? Chanting on the level of mind means in your mind you're hearing the sound. If you're just chanting on the level of mouth, your mind is going, what am I going to eat today? Is she going to be quiet so we can go rafting? That's, that's the level of, you know. And when the mind is, is chanting, then the mind is just saying, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare And the intelligence is seeing service. The intelligence is, is the level of itchashakti, desire. And it awakens the desire of the soul. How did Prabhupada say we should chant? With what mood? The mood of a child calling for his mother. At what level of chanting was he talking about there? Paravak. He was talking about the cry of the soul. You know, with Sachin Nandan's song, he's talking about, you know, the bird, little bird for its mother and the calf for its mother's milk and the wife for her husband. That's talking about the level of soul. Krishna, I want you. Everything's vacant without you. That's eagerness. So this intense eagerness, which starts to come about the level of nishta. You know, I was I was trying to get some little idea of that yesterday. Was saying write down reasons why you want to attain prema bhakti, and talking about some nice sweet pastimes. But this kind of eagerness can only come when you're starting to touch the paravak or the the actual cry of the soul. Okay. Yes. Is it sometimes trying to still focus? Um, if you imagine a partner and um, say, well, we need to go like this, um, what kind of stage is that? It's probably pasyanti. Even though we say it's at the platform of guna and rupa, you know, it's it, when when the pastimes come spontaneously, then we're on the platform of the soul. If if one is if one is it's just coming from the platform of still material desire to some extent. Yes. Yes, that is the beginning of the false ego. Because real ego is I am the enjoyed. My enjoyment is by being enjoyed. It's so much more pleasurable to be enjoyed than to be the enjoyer that Krishna himself takes the position of being the enjoyed as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It's actually more pleasurable to be the enjoyed. Yes. 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 My own experience is that if you if you do focus at the level of coming to Pasyantivak, the Majjhimavak ends up becoming stronger. If it's done right. You actually hear better. Yes, but you're doing that, you're probably doing that on the level of Pasyantiva, on the level of Ichishakti. Although it may come out as a cry rather than a picture, it's probably coming from Pasyantiva. I want to serve you. Help me. Save me. That's Pasyantiva. 
level of desire. I want to get to a few more things, and I, if you don't, if you don't mind, I just don't say anything because that's. Does anybody mind that we're that this is going on? Much more, much more objective if you try to read body language than if you ask people, because then there's so, you ask people there's social pressure. Yes. I'm not going to answer that problem. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Somebody else? Yes. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, I really decided that I would spend 20 hours flying to Germany and 20 hours flying back. And, you know, just... And <laughs> I really like airplanes and airports. And the security checks are a lot of fun. And, and asking all of you guys to sit here when you'd much rather be sleeping than some of you <laughs> to talk about something that's really unimportant. Yes. <laughs> Excuse me? What I'm telling you right now. <laughs> yes. 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 In other words, first you have to come to Majjimavak before you can come to Pasantivak. And he also says in many, many places, you are seeing the deity, why can't you think of the form of the deity while chanting? No, it's, uh, if you can get me a printer that works, I'll print out those sections for you. See, what you want to do is you, is you want to look at all of Prabhupada's instructions in total. I mean, I've heard devotees say that if you meditate on the form of the deity while chanting, it's offensive because you're thinking that the name is not sufficient. And I'm just sitting in the temple and cringing. I don't say anything, but I'm just cringing and thinking, why are you misdirecting people? So you want to look at all the instructions in total. Why did why did it have to be artificial? No, don't do it artificially. Do it really. That's like the question that was asked yesterday. Should I chant a few rounds well or many rounds poorly? Don't do something artificial. But do it. Do it. But do it really. We are supposed to fall in love with Krishna. When will my eyes be decorated with tears of love flowing constantly? We're supposed to be in that mood. We're supposed to want to do that. So that doesn't mean you come here and you practice like a theatrical actor. <laughs> That's artificial. But should you try to really cry for Krishna? You better. I know that may not be clear. If you want, just work at the level of Majjhima If you're more comfortable with that. 
And sometimes Prabhupada would give instructions to someone and say, don't even worry about your mind, just chant in here. Because he knew that that was all they could do. And sometimes you talk to individuals and, you know, you try to tell them something and they just won't listen. You say, okay, then do that. And if people are ready to hear, then you tell them something else. I mean, Prabhupada would say, why can't you think of the deity while you're chanting? What is the difficulty? You're seeing the deity every day while you're chanting. You should be meditating on the form of the deity. Number of places where he says this. And also, if you look throughout the Bhagavatam, you'll find that almost every time that someone is given instructions to chant a mantra, they're also instructed at the same time to meditate on the form of the Lord. Practically, you know, go through any time that some great soul is instructing a disciple, chant this particular mantra, whether it's Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya, whether it's the prayers of Lord Shiva, whatever they may be. They're also instructed to meditate on the form of the Lord while they're chanting. No, not artificially. Really. How do you know if you're doing it really? You'll hear the name better. And some other things, which I'll let you discover on your own. I'd really prefer not to talk about. You'll, you'll find, in a general way, you'll find yourself going through all these stages that we're talking about. Rajavidya, Rajaguyam, Pavitram, Idamutaman. What's the next word? You'll experience it directly. Yes, you will experience Krishna directly. Krishna will manifest to you. No, you can't do it artificially. But you should do it really. And Krishna will manifest to you. By thinking of the form of the deity, what, one is, what is one doing? One is, or, or saying, Krishna, I want to serve you. Krishna, I want to love you. Krishna will hear that. And he'll come in his own time. When he wants to come. You can't turn him off and on like a light switch. You can't just say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna force Krishna to come. That's artificial. I'm gonna force Krishna to come because I'm gonna like, put a picture of the deity in front of That's artificial. No, you can't do that. But do we have some affection for Krishna? I hope. Something. Even at Adushrata, you have a spark. Oh, everybody here is at Adushrata. By definition, you wouldn't be sitting here. You've got to be at least at Adushrata. You've got to have at least a spark of attraction for Krishna. Just have some interest in thinking about Krishna. Don't do it as an artificial ritual. Not, okay, what did she say now? I'm supposed to think about Krishna's feet. You don't even think about them because they're so nice. I want a baby. You know, you're watching this bathe Lord in the finger days today. No one can be meditating like that. And Prabhupada says, you put Krishna on a throne and bathing with Ganga in water. Collection if you need it. If that doesn't answer your question, then... I, I see that there's, there's a range of different instructions and they have to be taken in total. What happens is some people focus just on one or just on another. We do have a few other things to cover. Yes? Is anybody, is everybody okay that the fact that it's five after nine? 
Okay. Yes. This is primarily happening by the mercy of Guru and by the mercy of Krishna in the heart who you're appealing to with your chanting. But primarily it's mercy. But you're becoming a, 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 just like, you know, quoting from this purport, that it's mercy. What you're doing is you're asking for mercy. You're begging for mercy. You're only going to progress through mercy. You're not going to progress. progress. Prabhupada says in the first canto, it's not by the mechanical process of hearing and chanting, but only by the mercy of the Lord. And as the purport in Bhagavad Gita, he says, the Lord is not partial. Everything depends on your own practice. How do you like that? What do you do with those two purports? They say completely the opposite thing. I have to look up the exact number, but it's a, it's a final purport in the chapter in Bhagavad Gita. Where Prabhupada says that Krishna is not partial, everything depends on our personal practice. And then it's in the first canto, and I have to look up this book. Uh, that's not by the, this is one of my favorite verses to quote to the Christians that were not into works righteousness. It said, it is not by the mechanical process of hearing and chanting, but only by the mercy of the Lord. It says, as opposite, apparently, it says opposite, doesn't it? If you want to find some other opposites, look at the end of the 11th chapter, but that's on a different subject. There's, there's a number of places where you find things like That's where Krishna says, it's not by austerity, it's not by study of the Vedas, it's not by, you can't know me by any of those things. And then the very next verse, <laughs> he says, by doing all those things, the prophet and the purport takes each of them. By this kind of austerity, by this kind of study of the Vedas, it's, it's a fascinating subject. So what is it? Is it by our own endeavor? Is it by mercy? Do you wonder where this is stopped? Thank you. Thank you, Superstar. Do you know where this is fully resolved? In the uh, tenth canto, in the story of Mother Yasoda. Someone else was enjoying my drink here. That if you look at Vishwanath Chakravati Thakur's uh, purport to the story of the Damodar Lila. So what's Mother Yasoda doing? Tying up Krishna. Did she work hard? Right? We're working hard. We're sweating. We're rubbing the wood. Right? We're doing the sacrifice. We're, hi Krishna, hi Krishna. Krishna, Krishna. Was she was Madhya sort of sweating? She was sweating. Which is interesting because the demigods don't sweat, but the residents of, of Vrindavan sweat. Go look at them. Another topic. So she's 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 sweating, right? Did she get all the ropes from her house? Yeah, every rope from her house. And then what did she do? She got ropes from all of her friends' houses. How long was those ropes? I mean it must have been really long. She was tying them end to end. Must have been really long. It's probably like a kilometer. She was working really hard. And then what did Krishna do? You can tie me. Namaste Sudanya Sarabdhiti Dhanya. Yeah, not for obeisances through the effulgent rope. 
into the abdomen and reaches the whole universe. How can you tie up the whole universe? So by her endeavor, she invoked mercy. Could Mother Yasoda tie him up without mercy? No. Would she have gotten mercy with that endeavor? No. Just endeavor alone, artificial? No, it won't happen. And if you're just... How much should I say? If you're trying to meditate on the deity, you're, in one sense, you're not really seeing Krishna. Krishna has to appear before you. But by attempting to do that, one will invoke the mercy of Krishna. And Krishna will appear before you. If you don't endeavor, are you going to invoke mercy? Probably not. It's possible. It's possible. Is it likely? You won't find it. Krishna may bestow mercy, or devotees especially may bestow mercy on someone who isn't making any endeavor, like Magrari the hunter or Jagai and Mother. It may happen. It may happen. But it's kind of foolish to count on that. It could be. It could be, you know, that somebody who's just going on for 10 billion lifetimes as a platform of Adu Shredha, that eventually Krishna just says, you know, this poor soul. <laughs> Might happen. Don't count on that. Is that satisfying? Or are you still not satisfied? Not sure. <laughs> we'll think about it. There's nothing technically wrong with it, except that our Acharya, Srila Prabhupada, specifically said to chant out loud. In our line, uh, there are devotees who, like Haridas Thakur had said that he chanted part of his rounds loudly, part quietly, and part in the mind. Um, I'd say chanting in the mind is fine if you have a very bad case of laryngitis and you are unable to chant out loud. You know, or if you're in some really, you know, you're in some very serious circumstances where there's just some kind of emergency situation. But in general, that's not recommended. I just, just remembering a few years ago, I got very, very sick and I, I had a very high fever and I, I lost my voice completely. I had an infection in my throat. And there was actually a couple days that I was, I was only conscious for brief periods of time during the day. I was so sick. And I was trying to chant, but I kept going back and forth into unconsciousness. I ended up getting behind him. I mean, I was spending all day chanting and still I wasn't getting 16 hours now. And then as I started to get better, I still couldn't make any sounds. So I put on a tape of Prabhupada chanting, which I now know, with that particular tape is one round, it takes 11 minutes. So, and I would move my fingers on the beads and chant in my mind while I was hearing Prabhupada chant. Because that was all I could do for about two or three days. It was very difficult. It was very like scary to do that. So if you have some emergency circumstance like that, I mean, it was, it was, it was, my body was very weak. It was hard to say what it was very difficult. But generally, no. Prabhupada said we should chant out loud. Many, many places. He said you should chant out loud. The, the chances of your being able to concentrate your mind and concentrate your desires if you're not also using your mouth are very small. Okay. At the very beginning, a few more things I want to go over. At the very beginning, when chanting on the level of Vaikari Vyak, one, even on that very beginning stage, one should at least have a mood of detachment. One should at least have a mood of detachment. 
And this is, we're talking about how we need mercy. If you look at Bhagavad Gita, chapter 7, text 11, Krishna says, Balam balabatam chaham kamaraga vivarjitam. I am the strength of the strong, devoid of passion and attachment, devoid of kama and raga. So he's saying that he's spiritual strength. What incarnation of Krishna is represents spiritual strength? Balaram. And Balaram is the original guru. <coughs> so we get the spiritual strength to chant, free from passion and desire and have attachment by the mercy of guru. That's essential. We need the mercy of guru. We need the mercy of devotees. We need the mercy of Krishna. Okay? So to be successful with this, first thing you need is you need a mood of detachment by the mercy of Guru. A mood of detachment by the mercy of Guru. Next thing you need is repeated practice. <coughs> Again, go back to the, the wood. You're trying to make a fire. What do you have to do? Can you just rub it one time? You have to keep practicing. You have to keep chanting. You have to keep practicing. You have to keep pulling the mind back. Repeated practice. When you first rub wood together, what do you get? Before you get the spark, you get heat and you get smoke. smoke. <coughs> this relates to what I was talking about in the other way of looking at things, that when you first see yourself, are you going to see yourself? Are you going to see your real self? What are you going to see? The garbage. You're going to first see the covering on the mirror. You can't clean the dirt off the mirror if you don't see the dirt on the mirror. Or if you think your mirror is already clean, you're not going to be inclined to clean it. So at first there's smoke. At first there's disturbance. And one will see, ah, oh, I'm lusty, greedy, angry, envious, illusion, blah. Right. So first there's going to be smoke. Now, remember that material creation happened by sound both on an individual and a cosmic level? Right? Everybody with me there? If you listen to mundane sounds, if you listen to mundane sounds, what will you be doing? Yes, you'll be feeding this process. So you want to, as far as possible, avoid mundane sounds. The more you listen to mundane sounds, the more you're going to feed that original process. <coughs> Obviously, we have to do our business in the world, but it should be business. Only. You shouldn't be absorbed in the things of the world. Understand? We shouldn't be absorbed in, pol in the political news things. We shouldn't be absorbed. Our mind and heart shouldn't be absorbed even in our job. If you're, chan if you're chanting at the level of Majumavak, what is your mind going to be doing even when you're at work? If you're really chanting on the level of Pasyantivak, what are you going to be doing even at work or even at university? You're going to be remembering Krishna's form and Krishna's qualities. You might say, how am I going to do that? Now, don't raise your hands. I don't want to embarrass you. But if any of you have ever fallen in love, again, you don't, you don't have to indicate who you are, but I'd say probably most of us, if we're over 15, have probably fallen in love with someone. You can, you're thinking about that person all the time. And I give this example all the time, and it's already been recorded, so I guess if she's going to hate me for it, she's probably already hated me for it. But when my daughter was getting married, 
was going to get married. At first, she was just corresponding with her future husband. There was a few weeks where they were corresponding and chatting and talking on the phone at every available minute until 1 o'clock in the morning and so forth. At that time, she was, as she is now, she was also a Gurukul teacher. And during that time, she told me, she said, Mata, I'd be teaching a class in mathematics or science, which requires a lot of mental thought. But I was always thinking about him. She said, I was thinking about him 24 hours a day. So I was dreaming about him. Everything I did, I was thinking about him. Even in things that required a lot of mental energy. Why? Because there's love. I gave the example the other day of the parents with young children. I don't think very many of you here are parents. Maybe one or two, but. You know, when you have a child, you notice, especially the mother, that when the child is newborn, the mother's thinking about the child constantly. 24 hours. She's thinking about the child constantly. Even in her sleep, she's waking up. One person is upset with me that I'm going like, She's waking up and saying, is my kid breathing? Is my, oh, I'm doing. Is my kid breathing? Is my kid breathing? Are they okay? Are they okay? As I said, right now, I'm not, I'm not thinking, are my children breathing? I'm not calling out my kids in America, are you breathing? <laughs> but when there was that intensity, because in this world the intensity doesn't last, when there's that intensity, you're constantly thinking about your kid. Or you beloved. And when we were little children, we were always thinking about our mothers. Perhaps at least we can remember that. Perhaps we can remember a time when we were always thinking about our mothers. We didn't want her out of our sight. And I don't think any of us are like that right now. I don't think any of us are thinking about our mothers 24 hours a day. We're not saying, where's my mother? She here? She here? We might even think, oh my God, it's my mother's birthday in a week and I haven't bought anything. But when you have that intensity, then yes, you'll think about Krishna's name and you'll think about Krishna's form in all circumstances. Right, the, la- the very last thing I want to cover just very briefly is that although we all start chanting on the level of Vaikari Vyak, if we intentionally, on just the mouth level, if we intentionally stay on that level, intentionally, if we purposely Chant only with our mouth and not with our mind. We don't endeavor. We don't try. We don't make an effort to chant with the mind. We don't make an effort to chant with the intelligence. We are then committing nam aparad. Jiva Goswami says that if you keep on doing this, this is the least pleasant part of the seminar, he says if you you keep on intentionally chanting only with the mouth and not with the mind and the intelligence, it will lead to crookedness, Faithlessness, attachment to things that destroy faith in Krishna, and becoming slack in the process in general, where you'll start to take pride in your devotional accomplishments. I I visited a temple a few years ago where one devotee there came up to me and said, Oh, Haribo Mataji, welcome to our temple. So what do you do? He wanted to know my accomplishments. Like sometimes people say, what can we do use to introduce you? And they want a list of all the things I've done. Oh, what does your Prabhu do? You know. And then he starts telling me what he's done. I didn't know this guy, you know. He's just like some person welcoming me to the temple. And he starts giving me his resume. 
Start saying, I have been in this temple 15 years, temple commander, and I was at this temple 10 years, I was doing this. Just give me this whole list of all the services that he's done. And I was just being polite, and I'm thinking, I really don't care. <laughs> but if, if we start, you know, just, oh, that's, that's very nice. So I'm thinking, why is he telling me this? It seems like such a strange thing to do. And after I heard this class by Bhakti Vigan Swami, I thought, oh. If you're intentionally chanting inattentively, then the way you think of yourself as a devotee is by the externals. I've been in this movement this number of years. I have a very elevated soul as my spiritual master. This is a service that I did. Did you know that I contributed to this devotional project? I gave a lot of money. You see my plaque up on the wall? I feel um, chanting inattentively, but um, not intentionally chanting. Everyone is going to start out, we can say everyone is a general. There are some exceptions, obviously. If you're, you know, we're Bart, if you were Bart Maharaj in the previous life, Bilba Mangla Thakur in the previous life. But other than that, generally speaking, we start out chanting as a level of Vaikari Vyas. We start out chanting offensively. That's a given. Like we all start out little babies and, you know, doing our business in our diapers. We, that, it's a given. But if we're still doing that at 24, there's something wrong. Unless you have a physical disease, but I mean, it, it's something, something wrong. At first, you don't even know you're chanting on this level. You think you're chanting. You know, you have that false confidence. I'm chanting 16 levels. <laughs> I'm great dance sadhu. <laughs> I'm so much better than those materialistic pigs out there. <laughs> so at first, you know, that, that's normal. But you still think that way after five years, after ten years. It's pathetic. I, I'm, I'm trying, and I know it's not going to be entirely successful with everyone, but I'm trying by giving these classes to, to give you some information so that you can go as fast as you're able to go. Bhaktivinoda says, fall down comes from either going too slowly or too fast, which also deals with your artificial question. <laughs> But what, is, what does it mean to progress? You have to at least endeavor. Krishna says, from wherever the mind wanders due to the flickering and unsteady nature, one should always withdraw it and fix it on the self. One should at least be making the endeavor. It's only going to happen through mercy. You're not going to be able to do it artificially just by being determined. But Krishna sees that you're trying. Krishna sees that you want it. And then he's merciful and he reveals himself to you. He gives you the ability to do it. But if you don't care... If you don't care, if, you, if, you're, if you're perfectly content with just, I guess, 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 if you're content to go on like that for years and years and years, you will, not only will you fail to progress, but Jiva Goswami says you'll become crooked, faithless, you'll become attached to things that destroy your faith, and you'll start being proud of your accomplishments in devotional service. And you'll think that that's advancement. Do we see this kind of thing happening in, in religious organizations in general? Oh, yeah. You know, and it's not that it can't happen to us. Is that more clear? I, I really, really suggest, because I'm trying to do a, a very complex thing in a short amount of time, again, that you go to ISKCON.com, 
now I'm being given the flag here, that you go to iscon.com and you listen to the whole lecture by Bhakti Vigensen. Does anyone else have a pressing question that you feel that if you don't ask, you're just going to, like, collapse? Yes? Um, um, at the Telling me I should have stopped talking twenty minutes ago. No, no, no. Okay. There's something on my mind that I met the The only way we're going to get people off the bodily concept of life is to bring them to spiritual life. You're not going to get people off the bodily concept of life just with political propaganda. Does anyone else, thank you, does anyone else have any really burning, intense question on these topics that we've gone over before you all go have a great time for the rest of the day? You don't have to sit in any more boring classes, at least for today. Yes, if you try to progress too fast, you can fall down. Krishna will help you go to the next stage, yes. This is, again, the problem with artificial imitation. But don't don't go too slow either. Don't say, well, I don't want to artificially imitate, therefore I'm not even going to try to chant with my mind, and I'm not even going to try to think of Krishna, because then it will be artificial. Don't go too slow, don't go too fast. Don't try to push yourself to do something you're incapable of doing. But don't be lazy either. You know, don't say when you're 20 years old and you're still thinking of the opposite sex all the time, well, now I'm going to take sanyas. <laughs> you know, if you can barely control your mind to chant 16 rounds, don't say, well, now I'm going to start chanting 64. But don't try to jump too fast. And don't think that just because you're struggling to meditate on the deity and on the mantra while you're chanting, that automatically you must be at the level of prema bhakti. And think, well, now I don't have to, you know, worry about rules and regulations anymore because I'm a spontaneous devotee. Is that clear? Okay, go enjoy your prasadam and enjoy your time wrapping. Please forgive me for all of my offenses and mistakes and failings. Thank you very much. Very good. Congratulations, Ramana Mataji.